Hey, 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 Chica. Welcome to the Lavelda Show Women of Power podcast, the show where women share their personal power tools, the techniques, strategies, and ways of being which have enabled their business and life success. I'm your host, Lavelda Vincenzi, a female speaker mentor, speaker, and event host on a mission to unleash authentic, powerful female voices onto the world. In today's episode, we'll be uncovering the power tools of Vicki Etherington. Vicki is an award-winning website creation coach who has been supporting entrepreneurs in their online marketing with their websites since 2003. She works with coaches, therapists, and people transitioning into entrepreneurship to teach them how to grow their businesses online and create their own content attracting websites. An adventure at heart, her new venture, Rediscover Your Wild Side, will run adventure trips for women who have lost the feeling of excitement in their lives and want to push themselves out of their physical zones of comfort to discover the dormant parts of their spirit. In this episode, we explore how a sense of adventure can be an absolute asset to a business owner. As Vicky takes us through her journey of living remotely with no internet access and a limited phone access to being the preferred website provider of choice for a chain of restaurants, always doing things her way on her terms. Now, remember that all links shared in today's show can be found in the show notes. And the only way I say the only way to make sure that you get your regular fix of this show is to click that subscribe button right now to make sure that you get notified when new episodes are added. Well, that is more than enough from me for now. Let's get on with the show. Hey, 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 Chica. Welcome to the Lavelda Show Women of Power podcast. We're back. You're subscribed because I know you are. You're good like that, aren't you? You're good like that. So I know you subscribed for the show. Today's guest. Mm, mm, mm. So we're going to get a little bit technical and we're going to go on an adventure. That's what's going to happen today because today's guest, you know, when you meet somebody who's got like a mix of lots of different things that you kind of go, how is all of this in one person? That is today's guest. So she works with business owners and people in transition with building their own websites. But my gosh, does she love a little bit of adventure, just a tiny, tiny little bit of adventure, like running marathons, like out in the wilderness, all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and trust me when I tell you, she will filter a bit of adventure into her business as well. So please welcome my guest today, the incredible Vicky Esrington. <laughs> Thank you. What an intro. Wow. How do I live up to that? Or people are just going to think I'm this complete, crazy, schizophrenic, adventurous geek, right? <laughs> you just don't say the same things in one sentence. Adventure and web designer. <laughs> How does that even work? So what came first, the adventure or the web design? Oh, adventure for sure. I spent like the whole of my 20s bumming around the world, like with no internet connection. And my poor mother didn't hear from me for years at a time. So websites were never on the agenda, ever. <laughs> okay, so how did you stumble into websites then? Like it was never on the agenda. You were this, um, this, this child, teenager, young woman with a mind of her own and determined to be out there and showing the world that you will do what you do when you do it, how you do it, when you want to do it. Um, so how do you, does that then go into web design, which arguably 
is a much more structured, less <laughs> adventurous way of working. I'm kind of like, the, the next closest thing would have been like going into accounting. Like the, the, there are certain industries which are kind of very structured and there's, there's a black and a white and a very, it doesn't, how, how, how? how? I'm, I'm going to tell you it's much more exciting than accounting. <laughs> but, but, sorry to any accountants out there, but web designer a web design is a little bit, I would say, up the scale and up the spectrum from accounting. I'm rubbish with numbers, so that would never have been something I could have gone into. But <clears throat> no, I ended up, so I traveled around, oh my God, I traveled around Asia and Australasia and Central Asia and oh, all over the place. And uh, eventually found myself in a tiny little corner of sub-Saharan Africa. Of all places of all places. And I was in a little wooden hut on the edge of the most crocodile and hippo infested river in Africa. And it was utterly bliss. We had no form of communication other than long wave radio. So um, we literally had to drive three hours to get to the nearest phone, which was often not working. And, um, and so, yeah, internet connections were not ever a priority at all. And, um, and whilst I was out there, I met up with this Californian couple who asked me if I would go over and work with them during the rainy season to help them set up their conservation programs, which were based in the area where I was living at the time. Mm -hmm. And we were going to work on anti-poaching programs and educational programs, like getting kids into school. And so it sounded kind of cool. They were going to pay for my flight from Zambia over to California. I was going to be able to stop off and see my mum at home for Christmas. And, um, and so I went over and it literally like lifted me from this slow, amazing, beautiful, incredible, wild <laughs> sense of living where literally no running water, no electricity or anything into this supercharged, high tech, ultra connected world in California and it was, it was like I'm like like night and day like total yeah. opposite end of the spectrum yeah I mean it really was it, you couldn't have got any further from like totally different worlds and um so it was the first time I had ever experienced culture shock right so I'd lived in all kinds of places in the world and like literally slummed my way around places and I'd never experienced anything that was vaguely close to culture shock until I got to California and I didn't even know how to work the light switches I didn't know how to put the plug in the bath and I was too embarrassed to even ask this stuff and so they you had... were really like out there like completely disconnected but but even they were like their stuff was so far on from where our stuff I mean my mom yeah she has dimmer switches and stuff but that's as good as it gets like over there, they have stuff that is just, I mean, it was just out of my realms of my imagination. And they had like waste disposal units and they got so cross with me that I didn't know how to use them. And it was just like, You were like, what is this? I felt like a new kid at school every single day. I would wake up and find something else that I didn't know how to work. But, um, but yeah, it soon became really apparent to me that the internet was going to be a really valuable tool for us to get updates out to the people who were who are beneficiaries basically mm -hmm. people who are helping us fund these projects that we were working on which were amazing projects and 
So I was really passionate about the work that I was doing. And then I realized that the only way that we could really make it work and get a much broader reach was by using the internet to its full potential. So I had to just kind of start learning how it all works. And that's where it all began. And then suddenly I realized that our website could be a really critical tool as well. And yeah, it was like this terrifying thing. And at the time, like there was no Google, there was no YouTube. It was like you know, a bygone era. Oh, wow. And so I bought loads of books and taught myself HTML. And then we started tinkering with the website, making changes. And it was like all really exciting. It was like, whoa, we haven't broken anything. And so it all kind of like it happened from there. And then our PR agency said, can you help us do on our website what you've done on the Conservancy website? And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I literally like <laughs> take a deep breath and hope for the best every time I like publish anything new. And, um, and so that I suddenly realized there was like a real demand for people wanting to know how to manage their websites, even before all of these cool tools came out that we could use. Mm. Um, and I started helping loads of different small business owners out there. And then I moved back to the UK to get married and my then boyfriend was in the military. So I knew we were going to be moving around a lot and it just kind of seemed to be a flexible sort of thing that I would be able to do well for the rest of my kind of military career. So, um, so that's how I fell into web design. Wow. Uh, do you know what, what I love about that story is that it, well, a, it's really organic. And so, I always relate to organic stories. I love the like, I just knew when I was a kid stories, but that wasn't me. So sometimes it kind of helps to hear the person who was like, I don't know what I was doing. I kind of, one thing went to another and it seemed kind of fun. So I stuck with it. Um, but the other thing was that you were really driven by a passion and a want to help. And that's always sort of been core to well, if I'm going to have the biggest impact, then it would make sense that we understand the web. And, you know, in order to do that, then that means I'm going to have to learn it. And, uh, you know, and it might break something, but I'm going to give it a go. So I suppose that adventurous spirit kind of helped a little bit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but it was, um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely led me on a journey that I never, ever expected to be on. I never expected to be building websites. Um, but it served me well, you know, it's been, it's, it's been a really fun journey. I've worked with some amazing people and, and the community that it kind of led me to of entrepreneurs and women that I've met. I mean, you and I would never have met unless no, I was doing this have. kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't regret any of it. So yeah, even though I definitely was one of those kids at school who had no idea what I was going to do. I wanted to be a vet, but I was rubbish at biology. So that was never going to happen. <laughs> instead, you just went and hung, hung out with the animals instead in, that, in their natural habitat. Um, I'm curious, Vicky, when it came to transitioning from, because you, you, know, you were employed and working for an employer, and then you sort of transitioned into then helping entrepreneurs and other business owners because they were asking... How did you find that process, particularly when it came to starting to ask to charge? Like, how did you navigate that space? Oh, it was awkward, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's uncomfortable for anyone. I mean, I literally like hold my hand up to anyone who says that's an easy transition because I found that. I found that difficult. And also 
because I didn't have any kind of mentor. I didn't have any role model. I was in an environment where I didn't know a single other entrepreneur. I mean, literally the people that I was hanging out with were amazing people, but they were military wives who had given up corporate careers to be with their husbands and they did coffee. And it's like, nobody, nobody had the first idea about you know, entrepreneurship or starting up a business, or I think they just thought that I was sitting at home and twiddling my thumbs and being antisocial because I didn't show up at coffee mornings and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, I, I found that I still remember the first ever website that I sold and I couldn't quite believe that they wanted me to work with them. And, um, and it was 400 pounds. I charged them 400 pounds. And, um, and I still just remember thinking it was like, I was so grateful and so appreciative that they took a chance with me. Um, and then I kind of got lucky, I guess, that I, my husband and I used to do this thing on Friday evenings where we'd go, okay, we'll just, when, when he got home from, well, he was at staff college at the time, when he got home, we'd literally just jump in the car. We didn't have kids. Uh, second left, first right. And then just kind of like, we'd throw a few directions out there. And the first eating place that we came to, we would stop at and eat there. And there was one Friday night when we did this and we ended up down this like tiny little windy road in Wiltshire. And uh, we ended up at this gastro pub when gastro pubs were like a new thing. And I remember sitting outside going, this looks really nice. They had really nice branding. It was all like, you know, farrow and ball colors. And we were there about quarter to seven. We walked in and said, we have a table for two. And they went, oh, sorry, we're fully booked. And we're like, oh, damn, no. So anyway, they managed to squeeze us in. They said, look, we don't like to do this, but if you can finish your dinner by like half past seven, we can, we can fit you in. So we're like, okay, let's do it. So as we went to go and pay afterwards, we were sitting at the bar and we were having a chat with the owners and I picked up the business card and I was like, I love your branding. And, um, and the woman there who was the owner, she went, yeah, all we need now is a website. And I was like, oh, I can help you with that. And it transpired that, this was a project. This like was an interior design project that her husband had bought for her. And he was managing like 300 other licensed premises around the UK. And after I did that restaurant project for them, I became like their preferred web designer. And I was never out of work after that. So that was a lucky break. That's one of those things that, you know, I just fell on my feet and was incredibly fortunate to then I just had a whole schedule of websites lined up for ad infinitum and I, I'm still in touch with them. That's like 16, 17 years later. So, um, so yeah, so that's, I think sometimes you get a lucky break with something like that. And then all of a sudden you build up your confidence and charging for your work becomes so much easier once you've got a few projects under your belt. How did you find like being the one military wife who wasn't out there without that network? Because like, I I feel like I've been kind of lucky. I, I found an entrepreneurial network and then figured out what the heck I was going to do. <laughs> like, I kind of did it the other way around. I was like, I'm going to hang out with all these entrepreneurs with businesses. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to find one at some point, but I can't imagine what it would be like, um, to, and what the additional pressure is to be in that space where it's like, I'm working this out. I'm not quite sure exactly what I'm doing. Everybody around me is doing something completely different. I can't really talk to them about this because I don't really, they don't understand what I'm up to. How did you navigate that? How did you find that space? 
I think I just fumbled my way through it, to be honest. There was no strategy. There was no plan. It was literally just um, finding my way. And I wish, I mean, in hindsight, I wish that I had had the foresight to take on a coach or a mentor back then. But I genuinely didn't realize that there was that kind of support available. I had my head so in the sand. And, and actually, I was so busy now building websites because I had this huge wait list of people wanting me to work with them. So I was really fortunate from a financial perspective, but I just became a busy fool, right? I was working for years and years. I spent so much time like building other people's businesses for them. And it was only when I literally reached burnout, like I, I ended up with this weird nerve condition in my face and I, <laughs> I ended up, I was, I was sure that it was triggered by the cold. So I built myself like this neoprene Hannibal you did not. mask. <laughs> my kids were really little at the time so they there was no shame from that perspective which was lucky but I used to go and take the dog for a walk and I would try and like I'd wear a big scarf like this and I'd try and put it around so it didn't so people couldn't see this like neoprene I mean it literally was like a Hannibal wow and it was at that point my husband was deployed at the time and so he was overseas for six months and so I had no help at home I was working crazy hours I was trying to juggle two kids and I just got to a point one evening, it was like one o'clock in the morning. And I just thought, what am I doing? This is just crazy. I'm making myself ill. And, um, and at that point, I started looking for a coach. Um, so at some point, I know what had happened, actually. Someone had reached out to me, a guy in Canada who was a business coach. How he'd found me, I don't know. He'd reached out to me and told me that he could help me. And... Um, and I, it kind of piqued my interest about a business coach. I didn't like him because he, and it's really interesting what you were saying about pricing. He became really uncomfortable when he tried to do the sales pitch. So we had a really great conversation. He told me all this amazing stuff he could do for me. But I could tell he was really, really uncomfortable with telling me what his prices were and what he was going to charge me. And that made me feel uncomfortable. And so... Um, I did the typical thing. I told him I would think about it and I'd get back to him at the weekend. <laughs> you know, when, I mean, when guys do that, you know that it's a no, right? It's just like, you're trying to figure out a way. It's a delayed no, like nine yeah. times out of 10. It's, I don't actually have, and ladies, I want you listening to this. Those people who keep telling you they're going to think about it. No, mm, they just, it. Like, they thought, they thought like, well, if you really probe either sometimes, like, I, I will say sometimes people genuinely do need to think because they, they're pretty certain, but they have a process by which they must sleep on it. That's not most people though. Mm -mm. Most, most people, when they tell you <laughs> to think about it, you may as well just take that as nah, mm, I'm not doing it. Yeah, they know. Okay. Cause I'm not somebody who takes my time over making decisions. So I knew that I was not going to work with him. And so I did the very dishonorable thing and told him I'd think about it and I would get it back in touch after the weekend. And, but what it did do for me, I was thinking he can't be the only one that could do this kind of stuff for me. So then I got looking and then I, at that point I took on my first business coach and she basically turn my business around and help me bring things online when I didn't even realize there was such a thing as kind of like online learning or stuff. That was about 2014, I think. Wow. Um, and so, although ironically, I had been doing online learning, I'd been teaching students in an education center in Germany when my husband and I were posted over there. And I had been 
posting recordings on my website for my students at that time. So I had kind of, that was in 2004. So I had been kind of doing online learning without realizing that I was doing it and having no structure and no plan. It's, that's kind of the way my life has unfolded. No structure, no plan. <laughs> but, but you follow the little clues, right? And that's often, that's what's important, that something comes up. And even though it wasn't that gentleman who you spoke to, it sparked something that said something needs to change. And I want to pick up and on something that you were saying in this particular discussion, which is around this idea of being really, really busy. Because I found myself like, girl, Vicky done landed. Mm, you should have seen Vicky. Vicky just came out, found a client. She was busy for life. And, but then to hear the story underneath, which was, I wasn't actually growing a business. I was just busy as hell. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's and I think it's, I think it's just that idea of sometimes, ladies, we just need to remember that what we see on the surface, which looks like really, really great. This is why you can't, you've got to stay in your own lane, right? Like you see something and on the surface, I'm sure a lot of people around you were looking like Vicky's business is just booming. Like it's crazy. Yeah. She's got, she's got a waiting list and stuff. And behind the scenes, if everything isn't balanced, you're kind of like, I don't have business. I, I just have a lot of work a lot of work and it's not it's not building the momentum to move things forward such that your business was supporting your lifestyle it was just it was taken over yeah it was it was not a smart way to work <laughs> at all so i'll tell you i tell you something so my first child was born three weeks early and i was back at work literally 36 hours after he was born get out no and that is like, that is really not clever. So there's no way that I would endorse that way of working for anybody. It doesn't matter how busy you are. You've got to make sure you're working smarter, not harder. And that was a really, really big learning, really big learning for me. And I must be a slow learner because it took me about 10 years to realize that. Well, do you know what? When you're busy, you're not thinking though, are you? You're just no. in it. It's like your yeah. head is down and you're getting on with it. And there isn't that space to take a step back and think, could it be any different? You just think I'm lucky, especially when it was so early in your, in your business where it's like, frick, I've, you know, I've hit the jackpot. All of these people are coming to me. It's almost easier when it was a bit, when it's kind of stop start because you have those moments to stop and breathe and think about it. But when it's yeah. just go, 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 I, you know, it just helps to remind me at least of the importance of that thinking space to take a step back and say, is this actually supporting the business long-term or is this now, is this my life? Is this, is this it? Like, this is pretty much from here until, until the day I go, this is what it's going to be like. And am I, and if that's the case, would I be happy with it? And I think that's where you were like, okay, no, I wouldn't be. This is not, this is not sustainable. It's not how I want to live. And it's not what you do anymore though, is it? It's not you don't learn that lesson. Oh, thank goodness. I do still build websites, but I actually teach entrepreneurs how to build their own, which is great. I love doing that. But, but yeah, that idea of actually just understanding, I didn't understand that I wasn't happy with, with the work that I was doing mm -hmm. until I hit that breaking point. Cause I, I guess I kind of thought that I was being successful. I guess you know, because my mum, my mum was like, oh, Super it's amazing. Proud. You've got your own business and you're always so busy. And to me, that was, that, well, that was her definition of success. And I didn't have any benchmark. I didn't have anybody to like compare myself to who was running their own business. 
And I definitely hadn't infiltrated any of these kind of networks or support networks or amazing communities of entrepreneurs. And so, yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I didn't realize that it wasn't what I wanted until it was too late. And there's so, something in what you said there, which is it wasn't your definition of success. It was your mom's definition of success. Vicky's really busy and she's doing so well. And she's, look at, look, at my, look at my daughter, the successful entrepreneur. And so you kind of go, yeah, I'm the successful entrepreneur daughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know that I like, I like that, but makes mom happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think we do that, right? We take on somebody else's definition and these external, you know, people are happy and proud of us externally. And so it can almost like have us not even stop and think about it because we must be successful. Other people are telling us we are. Yeah, it's like that instant gratification as well. But also if you are, well, kind of impulsive as I am, um, I never really had a vision for how I wanted my business to pan out. It was just something that I fell into. It was convenient. It kind of fitted in with my lifestyle. We were moving house every 12 months. And so this kind of worked with that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so there was no vision. There was no one had ever sat me down and said, okay, what do you want your business to look like in five years time? And if they'd said that, I would be like, uh, huh? No. <laughs> I don't know. I want to be able to pay the bills. That's like, that's okay. That's, that's good enough. Um, I want to be able to work from home. And that was about as good as it got. So I never had any like massive ambitions for myself or my business. Um, I just knew that I had to earn a living whilst we were kind of living a bit of a nomadic lifestyle. So, so I love, I do love that idea of like, having the ability to expand what looks great because it wasn't as if it was all bad and there weren't elements that you were really loving that was quite fulfilling it just the way it was structured and the volume that you were working at was was too much and i think it is it's so powerful to have those moments yeah. preferably before a breakdown point preferably <laughs> <laughs> have a full-on breakdown I was probably pretty close but yeah but you know we don't want to run up to the edge of breakdown to review like yeah. actually periodically taking a moment to put a review phase in to just reflect and say what's working really well and also what is it I'm not happy with like I'm not happy with the long hours I'm not happy with being tired all the time and you can change those things and still be able to do the other stuff it just means something needs to shift but if you're in autopilot you don't have the space to even consider even open up to the possibility that perhaps something could be a little bit different. Yeah. And that's so, so true. That is so true. So as an adventurer, somebody who decided to live on the wild, wild side of the world for a while, <laughs> somebody who's then, then gone the other, the other way, built a business very successfully, somewhat accidentally, <laughs> Got, got a lot of momentum behind it, then, then shifted it around to, to be able to do it now in a way in which you're in control and you love what you're doing. You're able to deliver things in a way that's sustainable and still spend a lot of time with your family and not be up all, all hours of the night. Being on that journey, especially being such an adventurer, because I'm, you know, I haven't spoken to somebody as adventurous as you yet, Vicky. Most, most people were not <laughs> out and about you know, exploring the world for the whole of their twenties, running away from the internet to only then live on it. <laughs> the irony. Yeah, um, it is, isn't it? 
it's, it's the irony. My husband's vegan, right? But as a kid, he would not, he never ate any vegetables. His mother now says if she had, if she had known he was going to become vegan, she wouldn't have bought him so much to eat his vegetables. All he ate, he would not eat any vegetables. And now he's the opposite. Like he just eats loads of vegetables all the time. Any so I digress. It's a long way of asking a very simple question. With your, your perspective and view of the world, given the various people that you've seen in various different areas of life, especially, especially having traveled to some of the far-flung areas of the world that you have, what is it that you think makes a woman powerful? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to have to say independence because I truly believe that if we rely too heavily on somebody else, mm-hmm. we, we lose our sense of being. And, and we, I just, I think in order for us to truly stand in our own power, we have to have our own sense of independence. We have to be confident to be our own person, be on our own and, and do our own things without feeling as though we have to be answerable to somebody else or be reliant on somebody else. So that's not only, that's not only financial independence, but that's our own sense of being. It's our own, it's how we feel about ourselves. I mean, if there's so many people, and this has always surprised me that there's so many people, if you say to them, um, okay, you're going to go to, let's say, let's say a seminar, right? Or a workshop. You're going to go to a seminar in Latvia next week. You, some people, some people go, oh, great. I've never been there before. That sounds amazing. Other people would say, oh, do you know what? I really don't like flying or I don't want to leave my kids or there's other stuff that I feel like I should be doing. And that, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's some people that are home birds and, but I think, I think you lose some of your power when you feel that way. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think truly finding your own sense of independence is, is really, really important to just lead us through our life in a way that we feel as though um, we can exist alone if we have to. I, lo- I love that you distinguish it from financial independence because it's often where somebody's mind goes to say, oh, so you mean financial independence. But it can also be that kind of, embedded deep connection with children or a relative or um, your parents or somebody's approval such that I, I guess it's that bit where something is calling you that you're really excited about and somebody else's needs, perspective, desires, thoughts, what you think their thoughts are going to be stops yeah. you from doing the thing that you want to do. Is yeah. that what you mean by the, the independence, the yeah, self-independence? Exactly. Because you're prioritizing someone else's priorities over your own is that it comes back a little bit to that fit your own oxygen mask first Mm -hmm. like that kind of goes against all of our like maternal instincts is you know why would you not put your child's oxygen mask on first because you feel like they're more important but actually it is so important for us to be self-sufficient at that moment of crisis when the plane is about to crash we need to make sure because otherwise we can't help anybody you know if we don't have our own oxygen supply when that plane comes down, that's it. You're finished. And everybody you love around you who relies on you for help is probably going to be finished too. So, so, and I just think it's obviously that's like taking that example to the extreme, but 
I do think it's the same in life. We need to make sure that we have our own oxygen and that we're, we have a ready supply of it in order for us to grow and thrive and stay in our own lane. Because otherwise we're going to be diverting off and following other people's examples or following other people's influences because we feel like that's where we should be. And then we're going to end down a track that was never where we expected to end up. And, and that I've done that a lot in terms of ended up not where I was expecting to end up. And that's always been a good thing. It's never been a surprise or a bad thing, but it's always been my decision to do that. It's never Mm -hmm. been because I felt like I've had to follow someone through a lack of not being able to do it myself. That is, that is so powerful. And I, it reminds me of, um, I'm going to refer back to the book, feel the fear and do it anyway. Love that book. Anyhow, in there, there's an exercise which has like nine boxes in it. Get the book if you haven't read it. Like I'll drop it in the links. It has like these nine boxes in it. And she's talking about like your life and what fulfills you. And you know, when you hear of like empty nesters or the person who retires and they're now like at the end of, they don't know what to do with themselves. And the way it's described is like your whole life was around this one thing. Like that's the only thing that you paid any attention to. And so she splits it into nine boxes, which might be like your personal relationships, your business, a hobby that you have, like nine different areas. And to be aware of giving to all of those areas all the time. And often where you, what you see when you see the person who's like really struggling with the kids leaving home, it's like the kids were their life. And that's not to say that, um, and it's almost, it was, it was their life to the detriment of anything else that they loved and would want to experience in life. And that's not to say, um, you know, there's nothing against mothers who dedicate a, you know, a huge proportion of their life to their children. I think it's incredible but not to the detriment of being able to do other things as well. Like, you know, go for a coffee with your friends and have those sorts of develop those relationships as well, such that at some point you do your job while they leave. That's what they're supposed to do. Unfortunately, uh, they'll come back. They'll love you, but you do your job right. And they're, they're not going to stay in your home for the rest of your life. So at some point it's inevitable, you know, they're going to, they're going to fly off and start their own lives. And, you know, it's about setting yourself up to be able to navigate that space that once they go, your job is done and you get to watch what was blossomed and, and still be able to live the rest of your life. That's girl. There was so much in that. I'm, I'm like still unpacking it. Like as, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, there was, there's so many layers to that to really think of independence and what decisions that you're making that are, that are, that are off the back, back of what you think you need to do or who you think you need to be in order to interact with others. I, th- I think a lot of it comes down to career as well. So when, you, so when you're talking about empty nesters and you know, like kids leaving home, it's the same with our careers. People have these expectations of mm-hmm. what our careers should be. So you've trained as a doctor. Well, does that mean you're gonna end up as a doctor? Not if you don't want to, after seven years of training, you go off and still do your own thing, right? And your parents might be up in arms about it, but it's like you, you still have to stay true to whatever it is that's important to you and that that decision that I made to go to Africa was based on literally a a a chance meeting that I had with someone in a pub who said I'm struggling to find someone to work um in this rural area because they don't get paid it's like the place is teeming with like really dangerous wildlife and there's no running water and um sometimes we can't get food out there and so it's like a case of living off the land and I wonder why I can't find anyone to go and work out there. 
do you know anyone who might be interested? And literally it took me five minutes to make that decision. And I was on, I literally went and I handed in my notice at work the very next day and I was on a plane two weeks later. And it's that kind of thing where, and it wasn't until I'd made that decision and actually committed and said yes, that I suddenly realized that I had to break the news to my boyfriend that I was, had actually just accepted a job. But, and that's like, that's the selfish part of me, right? But I also think it's the impulsive side of me that just didn't have the foresight to think, okay, this is going to be really hurtful to some other people that I'm going to leave behind. You know, my, my, housemate I was in a in a in a flat share my housemate my boyfriend my parents my job you know it impacted loads of people the fact that I made that snap decision but at the same time I absolutely a hundred percent knew in my gut that it was the right thing for me to do and you know it's like that sliding doors isn't it you never know what would have happened if you hadn't made that decision Mm -hmm. but the fact that sometimes you've just got to be open to these opportunities when they present themselves to you because you're able to have the independence to do that can sometimes take you on an amazing unexpected life journey well it's taken you on one heck of a ride that's how you ended up in california and then ended up back working with the restaurant and ended do you know what i mean it's like you just it's, it's not a wrong decision but i love this idea of actually i think it's worth us all awakening some of that crazy adventurer in each of us and so thank you for the reminder of where those decisions can go to, which brings me on to my mean questions. I have to prepare myself to ask the mean questions. Oh, they're not too deep and meaningful. Oh, they're a little bit deep. They're pretty (laughs) meaningful. (laughs) So if if you were to take your whole life, your business success, your life success, and boil it down to literally three things, your tool, three tools, techniques, or ways of being that you would say, these are the things that have been absolutely pivotal to my success, what would they be? Just three. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cross the boundaries of business and personal. I don't know if that's the intention, but um, so I'm gonna independence. Right is is one of them, um, which doesn't always serve me well, but but I think it has to be up there with one of my three key tools. Um, I think a a sense of giving is is critical in in our environment and actually in in life generally. I think that that um, is the only way really that we can make progress is through selflessly giving of ourselves. I mean, mm-hmm. we were talking earlier, right, about even just in a business environment where you want to help everybody, right? You want to give them all the content for free. Um, But I think, you know, obviously that's really coming to the fore at the moment. We're seeing lots and lots of people doing stuff that they normally wouldn't do. And they're giving in ways to their community, to their neighbors in ways that they might not otherwise do. But I think that that's um, a critical tool for for life generally. Um, And my third thing... um, I'm not very good at deep thinking, right? This is like, this is taxing for my brain. <laughs> You're doing not- so well. I mean, I'm- we've spoken in depth about detail, uh, about detail, about independence. Um, giving is your second one. I know you've got a third one in there. So, so from a business perspective, it's got to be automation because- Of course. <laughs> of course, there's gotta be a little bit of geek speak in here somewhere, right? So 
if we're going to work smarter, we need to be able to make technology work for us. And, and so, and there's so many ways that we can do that now in a way that is really user-friendly. You don't need to be like some kind of code boffin geek or whatever. We don't need to buy those books you bought way back in the day. I mean, they probably wouldn't work now anyway, to be honest, because technology's (laughs) moved on so fast, but you know what I mean? You get the point. Yeah. So, so actually you just need to be able to make stuff work for you and invest in the right stuff. Um, and automate things. So you're not having to work so hard. You're not having to work so hard to keep in touch with all of these amazing people in the communities that you build. So that would be my, my third. I know that's a really goofy thing. And I know that you'll be speaking to some amazingly in-depth, smart people who are giving you incredible insights into these amazing gifts that they have. And there's me that comes out as automation. Do you know what? It's needed though. I'm not being funny. It, and I can understand why it's, it's the woman who's pushing themselves consistently to the brink and working all of these extra hours when you're not using something at all, a technique, you know, an online system that will do a lot of this stuff for you. I giggle. I'm watching all of these people at the moment who are kicking off these podcasts and it makes me giggle a little bit. Um, as, as, you know, people are like, oh, right, that's it. Everybody's listening to stuff. I'm going to go, you know, create a podcast, says she who's doing it at the moment. But I'm, <laughs> I'm observing the, the quick um, backfire, like the, almost like the quick knee-jerk reaction of creating these podcasts. Now, what people don't know is, yeah, you can do the, the interview bits really easy. It's all of the other stuff in preparing your guests and, and um, distributing the podcast to make sure that people join and subscribe, 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 subscribe. Did I say subscribe? <laughs> um, that's really quite important. And and something like a podcast, the same way like running an event, if you're not using tools and online automation effectively, it can be super time consuming such that I wouldn't be able to do this and speak on stages internationally because I thought I'm going to run a podcast but this isn't my only thing. So I've got to set up a structure that means I can do the podcast and share all of this stuff, which is great fun for me and still be able to take up all the speaking engagements internationally and still support all my uh, clients that I'm coaching and mentoring and have fun and travel the world. So it needs to be a, which means if I have to physically press every single button every time, it's just not going to work. So it is very important. And a, Beautiful reminder because I can guarantee there are some people like, oh yeah. Um, so it is, it's worth taking a beat to, especially if you're the sort of person who's been having, who's been running to the verge of breakdown or had a couple of breakdowns and, and is still struggling with the business, actually going back into a business that's exact set up the same way it was set up before that caused the anxiety that brought you to that point where you're in like, physical or emotional breakdown or close enough to it, it's really challenging. You're going to need to change something. And sometimes it's worth spending that day to set up an email sequence so you don't have to send the same six emails (laughs) manually every single time. Um, So I'm going to be cheeky then and ask you about a couple of your favorite automation tools. Oh, okay. Where do I start? Um, Okay. Some of my favorite automation. So Okay. WordPress is what I use for my website. Mm -hmm. Right. And even though it's not an automation tool as such, it can still do great things for you because it can schedule out your blog posts. So you can put out blog posts on Christmas day. If you want to, without ever being online, you could be on a beach in Thailand. Woohoo. If the planes ever get back in the sky. But, uh, (laughs) um, so, 
So yeah, I mean, WordPress is my tool of choice is probably one of the most powerful tools that we can use in our business. Um, other stuff that I use um, is, oh my God, I told you that I was terrible with figures, right? And I literally, at the end of every, I mean, it was, it was over Christmas time, end of every year, I used to have this like massive black cloud that hung over me whilst I tried to sort out all of my receipts, all of my invoices, these like massive files, box files of stuff. And it would, it, it was awful. I literally dreaded Christmas because I knew I was going to have to sort through it all. And then I think I was probably quite an early adopter. I started using this piece of software um, that did it all for me. It's like this bookkeeping software. And there's a, I mean, zero is the one that most people know about now. I use one called free agent, which was, I mean, it's just um, awesome. I love it. It literally changed my life Mm -hmm. for somebody who really genuinely does not like figures. That's quite a big statement, but um, yeah. So I, I love my software. Um, my accounting software. Um, I love Trello because that helps me kind of stay on track. And for a non-planner, and I am a non-planner, it really helps me plan. I like, I'm literally, I am a reforming non-planner. I try really hard now to plan out content, to plan out my time, to plan out my projects, plan out my promotions, plan out my launches, all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't come easily to me. So I need something that's going to help me keep on track. So Trello does that for me. It's free, right? So you can get the the, the free version of that WordPress is free as well. Oh, I'm all in, I'm all in favor of free tools. So, um, you got a ton of them. I mean, seriously, there's going to be people listening. Like she only just getting warmed up. Yeah, she is. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to, I mean, literally you're going to have people switching off. You're going to hate me. You're going to go Vicky Etherington. We got like 20 minutes into our podcast conversation. And then all of a sudden, like people dropped off. You're going to look at the stats. You're going to send them to me and go, people must've just fallen asleep. No, I'm going to send them to you and be like, people were like, please, can we have more? I'm going to tell you how you can get more, but not right, not right here right now. So, but I love what you say there in terms of um, understanding, like something that came to me is often we have these tools, but we haven't fully explored their capabilities. And so I do think it's worth, if you have email tools, if you've got a WordPress website, it's worth doing stuff to better understand the full capabilities of it. I mean, I've been on WordPress for a while, but I didn't know I could schedule my blogs. I'm like, really? Y'all can schedule your YouTube videos and stuff like that too. Scheduling, scheduling is a thing. Scheduling is a thing. Yes. Um, and it's people- awesome because then you can be batching and batching, my friends, is a big deal. <laughs> She's getting so geeky right now. If you could see her face, if you're watching on YouTube, Vicky's face just like lit up. She was like, we are batching and making things efficient. It's going to be amazing. Okay. So now that we've got you in this like juicy space where you're just like, oh my gosh, this is like, there's so much stuff to tell. For people who are now on the edge of their seats with the cliffhanger we've created, you know, we did a good job of this. We've built it up. We're at cliffhanger moment. There's more where this came from. Vicky, how do people get in touch with you if they're now thinking, wait a minute, you're telling me there's all of this stuff I can do that would give me back more time and my website can do a lot of it for me? How? How do they find you? I love that you're deluded enough to think that people are on the edge of their seats wanting to know this stuff. (laughs) But if people do want to find out more and they want to know the tools that I use, because I've got a whole blog post about the digital tools that I use in my business, um, I'm at the website mentor.com is probably the best place to find me. And I'm pretty much at the website mentor on most of my social media platforms. 
Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. We'll drop all of them in the links. Vicky, can we drop in that the link to your blog post as well? So yeah. that people can just go straight over there, read through them, and then um, if that's not enough for you, I'm sure Vicky's got loads more where they came from. <laughs> you can geek out on automation tools to your heart's content. Honestly, you're speaking to the converted. I do love a good tool. I find something and it makes my life easier. I will, I will talk about it for weeks. I'm like, oh my God, you will not believe it. My poor <laughs> clients, like I jump on calls and I'm like, I just found this new thing, right? So what you do is you click here and you click here and it's totally free. Um, yeah, but start with Vicky's tools before you come in and dating me for new tools. She's got loads of them, ones I don't know about. And when you find them, come back to me and let me know what they are. Um, Vicky, we've spoken about so much today. We've spoken about independence. We've spoken about adventure. We've spoken about geeky tools that you can use for your website, all of which are very, very important things. Um, how would you like to summarize today's discussion? Like if there was just one thing that you could leave today's guests with to, to ponder upon, to meditate on, what would it be? Automation. I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And then, <laughs> um, it would be to um, honestly take a step back and have a look at how you're doing things because giving yourself that space to actually just take stock is it's not going to have a massive impact on your income. Like you just taking three days out of your business to have a look at how you're doing things and seeing if it's the most effective and most efficient use of your time is gonna pay you dividends in the long run. It's, it's not gonna be a breaking point for your business if you can step away from it for three days. And once you've got your tools automated, stepping away for three days is gonna be a doddle, right? So, but I truly believe that. I think when we're in the thick of it and we're working so hard, you just don't ever take that break. And so you don't ever have the chance to be creative or think differently and also just Join communities. Lavelda has an amazing community, but join a community of entrepreneurs or get a coach, get a mentor, get someone who's done it before you and find out what processes they put in place and see if there's any tips that you can take or inspiration to help you work smarter rather than harder. Um, because I wish I had had someone say that to me 15 years ago. <laughs> like I say, I was a slow learner. Working smarter rather than harder and taking a moment to be much more conscious about the decisions that you're making. So take a step back. Three days out of your business is not going to have it explode. Take those three days, find the support that you need. You heard it here first. Vicky Etherington, ladies, um, has been our guest today. Incredible. Check out the links. Make sure that you subscribe for make to get um, uploads, uploads, updates as soon as no sh new shows are added. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the bell. You've been listening to the Lavelda Show Women of Power podcast. Until the next episode, gorgeous chicas. Ciao.